Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. Whether you've been here before or this is your first time listening, I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. So grateful. I tried to record this episode a couple of hours ago, but I got really vulnerable and I started to cry. <laughs> um, so I just stopped recording and thought maybe I just won't record. But I just took some time to reflect and then just be in the moment with my husband and my children. Well, they're not really children. They're teenagers, my boys, my sons. We had dinner together. Well, one of them's at work. <laughs> Bless him. He's still at work. And uh, just so proud of them. I wanted to offer hope today in the form of describing how the gifts of sobriety are so far reaching that it's just, I feel like I could probably do daily episodes forever because there's just so many, so many gifts that we get when we get sober and we heal and we do the work to change and to feel better and to do better and to be better and to, to like ourselves. And I never expected that. I never, I never expected that. I just thought that my life would for always be just hard. I always thought that I would hold on to anger and have low self-esteem that would get worse and worse, but I'd always have my alcohol with me and, and it just didn't happen that way. It was a torrid love affair with alcohol, very long. And I held on to it for such a long time because I didn't know any other way to live without it. I could not imagine my life without it. But the way things were going, it was just in my gut. And thank goodness I was like paying attention to my gut and to things that were happening, like little signs, messages, seeds that were planted along the way while I was drinking, that this just isn't the path that I should be taking. And it took me a while to, to really let go of that, to break up, if you will, with alcohol. It did so much for me 
in the beginning. And then, um, as some of you may have heard, um, alcohol ended up turning against me and it started to kill me slowly. And you can see it in pictures. It was impacting my liver. I was bloated. I was having daily blowouts in the bathroom, severe digestive issues, you know, vomiting daily from the drinking. It was just horrid. And it, that happened, I think the, the last, it's hard to remember, but it was within like a two year period from the age of like maybe 37 to 39, because 39 is when I by some miracle, I, by some miracle, <laughs> I stopped. I wanted to stop. I was desperate. My life was completely unmanageable. Mostly inside my head. And my relationships were with the people most important to me were, were um, not good. Especially with my children. And they may not have known it. I don't think they knew. They, to this day, they, I know they, they don't remember me drinking, but I know I kind of prepare myself for one day that they'll say, I remember you were angry or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they don't remember, but, um, they know I'm an alcoholic. They know that I'm in recovery. They know that I do this podcast. In fact, my oldest son, he's almost 19. He, um, he commended me on, uh, like a feed spot blog or feed blog spot. I don't know what it's called. It's a, some, uh, kind of online magazine blog. I guess it, um, it rated a lot of podcasts in different categories and it, <clears throat> they ranked for 2021 the best 35, the top 35 sobriety podcasts of 2021. And I made that top 35. I was 21. I was blown away and I totally found it by accident. And I was I was really proud and I looked at the, the reasons why they, they chose, you know, and they picked, they ranked it and all that. And I had, I know some of the other podcasters were on the, on the, um, top 35 and I, on my Instagram feed, I congratulated them all. I put it on my story that, you know, I was just really excited for people. And so I told my my sons and my husband one night at dinner, and they were all really excited for me. <laughs> so the, 
my son who, um, he mentioned that he mentioned it, um, yesterday. I don't know how it came up. I really, I don't remember what context it was, but it came up. So it made me think he thinks about it and he's proud of his mom. And, you know, I almost lost my relationship with him. I almost lost him. And I didn't know how close I was to losing him until I had put some time together in sobriety. And that means I wasn't relapsing. It means that I was going to therapy. I was doing my program of recovery. I was taking certain steps. I was looking at my part. I was going to EMDR therapy. I was working my ass off because I was tired of feeling angry. I was tired of feeling tired. And um, I was tired of holding on to so many secrets that I had from my past. And those secrets are no longer secrets. I was um, molested as a child and um, my abuser has never admitted to it. And I don't have any anger about it because it's not my secret to keep anymore. It's a secret. And releasing that was essential in my recovery. It was one of the many things I needed to do to get to where I am today. It wasn't just one thing for me, for this alcoholic. And the more time I spent really taking a deep dive into very painful, I had a lot of trauma and I had to examine all of them and I had to um, forgive myself. I had to forgive others, even if I never got a, an apology. I have made amends with people that have been unbelievably beautiful, that have brought me brought me closer to friends who I, I thought I already was close to. My relationship with my husband is, um, we've been together, we've married over 20 years. We met in 1997 and um, I knew he was my future. And he uh, stuck it out with me. And our relationship has healed and it's healing. It continues to. And my son, all my sons, I, uh, I'm, I'm, 
I was so, uh, I wanted so much to be a mother and I wanted to be the kind of mother that I needed. And this is by no way, um, you know, my parents did the best they could. And gratefully I have a healed relationship with my, my parents. That was very important to me. It was really important to me. And I'm grateful for that. But um, it wasn't where it is. The relationship with my parents wasn't, wasn't like it is today back when I started having children with my husband. And I remember thinking, I am going to be this kind of mom and put a lot of pressure on myself. I was going to be a certain kind of mom. And if I didn't, if I didn't, if I wasn't that kind of mom, I would, I was really hard on myself. And, and remember I had been drinking since I was 14, you know, so my children come into my life. I've experienced this love that I've never felt before. And, um, I remember that I hated myself because I couldn't wait to stop nursing so I could drink again. It was the only, the three times that I was pregnant were the, were the longest periods, stretches of time where I didn't drink and into nursing as well. And my oldest son, I nursed and he was a near a year. So that was, that was a long time. And see, I was already an alcoholic. So my, my alcoholism was progressing while I wasn't drinking. So when I started drinking again, like after he, after I stopped nursing and then before we decided to have my, get pregnant with our second son, I drank and I remember it was different. Like I had to drink more and, but then I stopped when I was pregnant the second time and then same thing. And then I stopped when I was pregnant with Cameron and they're, they're like two years apart each. So I had them between the ages of 30 and 35. I really wanted to be done by the age of 35. I don't know. I just had that age in mind and after Cameron was born, I, um, he didn't, uh, he was allergic to my milk. So I had to, we had to give him, you know, special formula. And so I, I, I actually, um, it's hard for me to say this, but that was the beginning of a lot of health problems with my son but I was thrilled because I was going to be able to drink because I wasn't nursing him. And so for the next, you know, three and a half years or so, my drinking just, that's when my drinking became horrid. And there was a lot of other stuff going on. We were trying to move from one town to another and, you know, there's things that happened that I, I just, I was a single mom, 
not a single mom. I was, <laughs> I was a stay-at-home mom. That's what I meant to say. And my husband was working a lot in a job to, so that we could afford the three children and moving to a town that we wanted to to live in that we knew could address my uh, one of my my middle son's special needs adequately. And um, but so I was I was overwhelmed. I was completely overwhelmed, and so I would drink to, you know, to to deal. But it wasn't helping. It was just fueling the anxiety. It was fueling the chaos and fueling it all. And so, and I did go, you know, 1.4 months without drinking, and I'm like, oh, that was great. I dried out. But then, I just and I didn't. I didn't reach out for help. I'm like, I'm doing this on my own. I can do it. I can do it. And I was doing it. But then I always thought about it. I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, fuck, why do I keep thinking about it? So even when I wasn't drinking and I was dried out and I was a little more clear headed, alcohol was still like right there in front of me. And anyone who, who got in between me and thinking about alcohol or or drinking alcohol, I was annoyed with. I get irritated with. So I was more irritable with and like snappy with my kids because I was thinking about how I, I wanted to drink. And so it when I picked up again, and that was like my swan song, my oldest son, um, I know he uh, withdrew from me. And like I said before, I could not see it because I was so sick. I was so sick in my disease. And um, I didn't know how to be a human. I was just deteriorating and I was doing it very um, secretively with much shame and <clears throat> it was not a fun place to be. And I did consider taking my life quite often because I did not feel like I was of any worth in this life. And I'm telling you all this now, not to make you all depressed. <laughs> it's to say that my life is completely different now from what I just, the, the, the experiences that I just described to you. Everything is different. And there was something that kept me very driven to get better so that I could live a life where I felt comfortable in my skin and where I wasn't, where I felt like I had purpose. So today I'm the kind of mom. Mommy. Mommy. Hi, honey. Hi, Archie. Hi, sweetheart. Are you happy to see me? I am always happy to see you. 
I'm almost done. I was. I, I am driving in the TV. I was driving. I was racing. You were racing? Yeah. Well, I was driving on TV. Yeah, what game? Mario Kart Custom Tracks. The new you, course. You're so good at that game. Yeah. Do you love it? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you love it. That makes you happy? Yeah. That was Cameron. He came in right when I was trying to wrap up. <laughs> I, um, if you're a parent listening, if you, where, wherever you're at in relationships, even if you're not a parent, doesn't matter. Sobriety gifted me a second chance to get it right with my relationships, with the people that I love, to let them love me, to know that I'm lovable and to love them. And that is truly the best gift ever. It's, it fills me up more than any amount of alcohol ever could. And I want that for you as well. And if you're having that experience, I would love to hear from you. If you're struggling to get to that place, I would love to hear from you. Sobergratitudes at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful to you. And I appreciate you allowing me to be vulnerable. I appreciate you all so much. Good night.